let's open them up to, I believe we're going to start in 1 Timothy. 1 Timothy. We'll start there. We've been talking on Sunday, the past few weeks, about the life of prayer. We've been talking on uh, Sunday mornings, so I think this will be the third week, about the importance of your prayer life. I think the first week we talked about having a relationship with God, that being the foundation of our prayer life. Last week we talked about praying in faith. Anybody remember that? A few people. And we talked about the importance of it matters that you pray in faith when you're talking to God and uh, different types of prayer, prayer supplication we talked about last week. Uh, But this week we're going to talk about a different type of prayer and we're going to talk about that in a moment. But let's turn to 1 Timothy 2 and verse 1. You guys excited today? You're ready today. You know, one of the core values at Churchland Rock is passion is our response. All right, so I just double dog dare you to meet your response level to my passion level. Can you do that? It's a competition today. So can your response level out respond my passion level? We'll see. I'm kind of tame right now. We're just getting into it here. But you get more when you respond more. All right. Oh, you with me now. Okay. That's all I had to say. I had to challenge you. It's a competition. Now we got you responding. 1 Timothy 2 and verse 1 says, Therefore I exhort at first of all that supplications and prayers and intercessions and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings and all who are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and reverence. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. Can I get amen this morning? So today we're going to be talking about a different type of prayer than the one we talked about last week. Last week we talked about uh, really the prayer of supplication and praying in faith. But this week we're going to talk about the prayer of intercession. The prayer of intercession. So let me, first of all, as we get going here, explain to you what intercession is. Now, we talked about supplication last week, and supplication means to ask and request something from God. And and when you ask, how many know you need to do it in faith? Knowing it's God's will. And how do you know it's God's will? You know because it's God's word. And how do you know it's God's word? Because you heard it. Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So last week we talked about supplication, but supplication is for you personally. It's you asking God, requesting something for God in faith about you. Intercession is asking on the behalf of another person. And so we see here that intercession in the Bible is when you pray on the behalf of another. Is when you ask and request something from God on the behalf of another. It is when you stand in the gap for other people in your prayer life. You stand between them and God and pray. A lot of times the intercession, and not every time, but sometimes in the Bible, it refers to when you intercede for something or someone, you stand in the gap to withhold judgment that is coming. So we see the intercession is when you ask and request and you pray for another person. 
And supplication is when you ask and request for yourself, but intercession is when you ask and request and pray in faith for another person. And we're going to get deeper into this today, but that's just the most simple definition. And we see that intercession is all throughout the Bible. Even if the term intercession isn't used, there is plenty of examples of intercession in your Bible. Now, in the Old Testament, one of the first examples I could think of is Abraham. Abraham was interceding for his family. He was interceding for Lot. And, and how many know he, he interceded on behalf of his family to withhold judgment? Do some of you remember that story? We're not going to turn there, but, but God was talking to him and he was saying, hey, we're going to have to destroy this city. And Abraham said, well, if there's 50 righteous there. Would you not do it, God? And he said, okay, I'll do it for you. And, he, and God said, well, or Abraham said, if there's 20 righteous, you know, if there's 10 righteous, God, would, would you withhold judgment? Abraham in that season, in that place, was interceding on the behalf of his own family so that judgment would not come. So there, there's an example in the Old Testament of a man of God interceding on behalf of his family to withhold judgment. We see that Moses many times, many times, interceded on behalf of God's people. How many know God's people blew it so many times? Now we're laughing, but we blow it so many times. No difference. <laughs> it's just not recorded in the Bible, your mistakes. Thank the Lord. I'm thankful, aren't you? But it's recorded all their mistakes. But God's people blew it time after time after time again. And you know what? God kept telling Moses, let's just forget about them and me and you start something new. Read your Bible. That's what it says. God said, I'm going to take you and start a new nation because my people are not getting it. So Moses, let's just forget about them and let's do something new. But you know what? Moses was a good pastor. Let's just be thankful that in that moment, he wasn't in prophet mode. He was in pastor mode. Because he was in prophet mode, he would say, God, forget him. Let the judgment of God fall. No, but he was a good pastor. He said, no, God, it's okay. Let's just be merciful to him. I know they messed up. I know they made a mistake, but it's okay. Doesn't that sound like a pastor? Pleading their case before God. God, give them another chance. I know they blew it. God, God, God show them their, your mercy and your grace. God, give them another chance. And God kept saying, no, Moses, I'm tired of dealing with them because they don't listen. But Moses, in that moment, what was he doing? He was interceding. He was praying on the behalf of another and withholding judgment. Of course, we know God is gracious and merciful too gracious and merciful for all of us in here. And he kept giving God's people time and time again. We see also all of the prophets in the Old Testament, they were intercessors. They stood between God and man and interceded on the behalf of another. Do you realize that Jesus, our Savior, is an intercessor? Jesus in the Bible is revealed as a great intercessor or the great intercessor. If Jesus thought it was a high calling to be an intercessor, how much more us? That it is a high calling to be an intercessor and stand in the gap for other people and pray on their behalf 
asking and requesting to withhold judgment. I'm going to give you a few verses where it says that Jesus is an intercessor and he intercedes for us. Romans 8 and verse 34. Romans 8 and 34. Who is he who condemns? It is Christ who died. Furthermore, he is also risen. Who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us. Jesus is in heaven right now at the right hand of God, making intercession for us. How many know that should encourage us all? You know what it encourages me to know that like, Brother Dale's praying for me, and Ms. Dawn is praying for me, and Ms. Lois is praying for me, and Brother Les is praying for me. I know these people know how to pray. It encourages me knowing that, but it should encourage us that Jesus is praying for us. Because <laughs> if Jesus is praying for us, we're going to make it. I, I love good prayer people that, that know how to pray, but if Jesus is praying for you, yeah, you're going to make it. It's going to be okay. And it says that he is at the right hand of God making intercession for us. That should encourage you this morning. One of the examples I'm thinking in the Gospels is when he prayed for Peter. How many know Peter was someone who talked before he thought? Any of you like that in here? Sometimes I can be that way. I start talking and I realize I didn't think about that before I said that. Probably shouldn't have said that. And so Peter got in trouble a lot because he opened his mouth too much. He said stuff too much. He was kind of passionate. He was one time he chopped off somebody's ear for Jesus. And Jesus said, Okay, Peter, we can't do this here. Let's heal the ear. And, and, and one day he said, Jesus, you are the son of the living God. And he said, On this rock I will build my church. Within 24 hours, he said, Get behind me, Satan, to Peter. Same guy. So one minute he was the head of the church, and the next minute he was Satan. So lest some of you get offended of what Dr. Jacobs has said to you on a Sunday morning, he has never called you Satan. You say, Pastor, I want you to be more like Jesus. Then I have scriptural right to call you vipers, Satan. Hey, it's in the Bible. It's in the Gospels. Anyway, side note, but Peter in the Bible, the one that would be the head of the early church, the leader of the early church, at that time, he wasn't acting like the leader of the early church. At that time, he was going back and forth. One minute he loved him, one minute he was denying him. One minute he was telling Jesus what to do, get behind me, Satan. The next minute he was listening to God saying, you're the son of the living God. But there's a scripture in the Gospels that says, Jesus said to Peter, Peter, I prayed for you. And what is that? What is that? Intercession. Peter, I prayed for you that your faith fail not. But earlier he says, the reason I pray for you is because the enemy's after you. How many know the enemy was after him? Because Peter would be the leader of the early church. So he was trying to take Peter out before he became the leader of the church. And Jesus said, 
Don't worry about it, Peter. Peter, I have prayed for you that your faith fail not. And because Jesus prayed for Peter, Peter became the leader of the church. And Peter lived the rest of his life and fulfilled his ministry because Jesus was praying for him. And it says, now in heaven, Jesus is praying for all of us. Jesus is in heaven, and he is the great intercessor. Hebrews 7 and 25, let's turn there. Hebrews 7 25. Therefore, he is also able to save to the uttermost those who come to God through him, talking about Jesus, since he always lives to make intercession for them. He always lives to make intercession for them. Jesus is the great intercessor. I love this because if Jesus was called to be an intercessor, we are called to be intercessors. If he is the head, we are the body. And God uses the church to intercede to get his will done on the earth. The head cannot do anything apart from the body, and the body cannot do anything apart from the head. They have to work together. And if Jesus is interceding, then the church should be interceding. Jesus told his church, which we are a part of, that we have authority on the earth to pray out the will of God, to pray out the plan of God, to pray out the purpose of God. And if the church does not pray, nothing will happen and nothing will change. Because we're in authority and we have to intercede and get in agreement with the intercession that Jesus is making in heaven. The body and the head moving together in complete unity. It says in the Gospels that the church that we are a part of, that whatever we bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever we loose on earth will be loose in heaven. What is that? That's intercession. And Jesus is saying, I'm giving you authority as my body to intercede, and whatever you bind will be bound, and whatever you loose will be loose, but you have to intercede just like I'm interceding in heaven for the will and plan of God to happen. So intercession is a great calling, and it's amazing that the Holy Spirit, one of the names of the Holy Spirit is the intercessor. When, it, when Jesus said he was going to send us another helper, the Holy Spirit, which he lives in us as his people now, the Holy Spirit lives on the inside of us as his church. It says that he's going to be your advocate, but your advocate also could mean your helper, your encourager, your standby, your strengthener, and your intercessor. And we're going to get to this later, but the Holy Spirit is living on the inside of you, and part of his role is to help you pray and intercede and to pray out the plan of God as his church. You follow me so far today? So intercession is the prayer on behalf of another. It's asking for someone else. Standing in the gap for someone else. Praying to withhold judgment for someone else. I'm excited about it today. So let's get into the main part that we want to talk about this morning. 1 Timothy 2. 1 Timothy 2. And we're going to kind of hang out here the rest of the service. 1 Timothy 2 verse 1. Notice what it says. Therefore, I exhort. 
That word can mean encourage or urge strongly. First of all, that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men. Let's just stop there. Let's go back to the first verse. Therefore, I exhort, first of all, notice that supplications, we talked about that last week, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks would be made for all men. Let's keep this verse up here because we're going to kind of go verse by verse. So notice what it says in this passage here. Paul is encouraging Timothy, who is a son in the faith, and he's writing this to him, but he's also writing this to the church that Timothy pastors, which is Ephesus, which is a mega church in that day. A lot of people. And he's writing to him, and he says, first of all. First of all. What does first of all mean? It means it needs to be a most important. It means you need to do it before anything else. Now, he's not just talking to a preacher. He's talking to a preacher and his church. It's all of you in here. He says, first of all, of most importance, we need to pray. Prayer should be your first response, not your last resort. First of all, first of all, before you take the job, pray. Before you marry the person, pray. Before you change careers, pray. When you decide what go to ch- church you want to go to, pray. First of all, pray. When you wake up in the morning, first of all, you better talk to God before you talk to anybody else. First of all, pray. Prayer should not be our last resort, and if everything else doesn't work, I guess we could pray about it. First of all, of most importance, now this is a scripture in the Bible, meaning God is speaking to us. This is not a suggestion. This is God telling us, first of all, of most importance, we need to pray. And he's encouraging us and exhorting us that we pray ongoingly, that our life should be a lifestyle of prayer, that first of all, we need to pray. And then it lists types of prayer, which we talked about that there are types of prayer in the Bible. Supplication, prayers, intercessions, which we're talking about today, and thanksgiving be made for all men. So let me me deal with the rest of this verse before we go to the second part. Because it's about to get really good when we go to the second verse. First of all, pray. And then use all these types of prayer when you pray. You still follow me today. And I want you to pray for all men. Pray for all men. Can we see this verse in the New Living Translation? 1 Timothy 2 and verse 1. I urge you, first of all, to pray for all people. Ask God to help them intercede on their behalf, giving thanks for them. So I'm going to deal with this. He says, I want you to pray first. Your life should be a life of pray first. It should be most important. And I want you to use these different types of prayer. But then he says, I want you to pray for all people. It's a lot of people. So, so I want to talk about that for a second because you're already overwhelmed. You know why? I just looked it up yesterday. There is 7.8 
billion people on the planet right now. So God, you are telling me every day of my life when I wake up, I need to pray for 7.8 billion people. I don't have enough time for that. Do you guys have enough time for that? No, you don't. So what does he mean by pray for all people? This is what he means by that. Pray for all people. You should be open to pray for anyone, anytime, any day, anywhere. There shouldn't be a list of people. Oh, you know the list. Oh, you don't know the list? You know the list. There's a list of people in your head that you have. I would never, not just talk to them, I'm definitely not going to pray for them. And if I do pray, it's going to be one of those Old Testament verses that David said, Lord, may you kick their teeth out in the name of Jesus. So when it says pray for all people, doesn't mean you have to pray for 7.8 billion people every day. Can't do that. But he is meaning you should be open as a believer and follower of Jesus to pray for anyone any day, anytime, anywhere, if the Holy Spirit leads you to pray for that person. There should not be a nice and a naughty list that you will not pray for. <laughs> that God wants us to pray for our friends and our family, of course, but he wants us to pray for those who are our enemies. He doesn't just want us to pray for saved people. He wants us to pray for unsaved people. How do you ever think they're going to get saved? Yeah, somebody's got to pray. So, pray for all people means to be open to everyone. Don't have certain groups of people you will not pray for. But if God tells you to pray for them, pray for them. And we should be open throughout our whole day. If God gives you a person's name or a situation, we should say, God, I will pray for them. Whoever he tells you, you need to be obedient and pray for them. I know in my personal life, there will be people that come up to me in my thoughts and in my spirit. And I know, why am I thinking about that person? You're thinking about them because God wants you to pray for them. I'm telling you that too. Because some of you have experienced that before. You're like, why do I keep thinking about this person? There's no reason I should be thinking or, or this person keeps just kind of coming up to me. God is telling you to pray. Not to just think about them, but to pray. Not to talk about them, but to pray. If God is, is sharing that with you and that person keeps coming up to you, you might not even know that person, but you know their name or you know that situation, you need to pray for them because God is trying to find someone on the earth that will pray out his will. And he has to get someone, a part of his church, to pray out the plan and purpose of God and intercede on the behalf of another. That could be life or death for people, whether someone prayed or they didn't. We need to take it seriously and be open to pray for all people at all times. Anyone he t tells you to pray for, be open to that. Now, first and foremost, he's got to definitely tell you to pray about the people that you're responsible over. Your family. Yes, you need to intercede for them. 
your friends, yes, your church family, your pastor. I could have used a little more. Oh, we're already doing that, Pastor. We got you. But pray for people in your immediate world first that you're responsible for, but God will give you other people if you're listening. You guys still here this morning? So be open to pray for everyone. Don't they, I think Jesus said that in the Bible, to pray for your enemies. <sighs> pray for those who use you. Pray for those who talk bad about you. Don't get on Facebook and respond to them because you're just going to be as immature as they are. But keep your mouth shut and pray for them because apparently they need more help than you do. So you need to pray for them. So yes, first and foremost, we need to pray for the family of faith, each other, our our personal family, our spiritual family. But we need to pray for whoever God would put on your heart. Could be an atheist. Could be an unsaved relative who gives you a hard time. Could be a some, someone who believes differently about their sexuality or gender. Are you going to say, God, I'm not going to pray for them because I don't agree with them? All right, I'm going home. See, until I say stuff like that, it doesn't hit home for you. It's easy to pray for each other. It's easy to pray for people that you agree with. But God says, be open to pray for everyone. Because they need your prayers. And I'm looking for somebody on the earth to get in agreement with me and to pray out the will of God and intercede on their behalf to stand in the gap between judgment. And I'm going to ask you to pray on the behalf of another and ask for them. And I'm going to respond to you because you have stood in the gap for them. You guys still here today. So be open to pray for everyone. Let's look at the next verse, 1 Timothy 2 and verse 2, New Living. Pray this way for kings and all who are in authority so that we can live a peaceful and quiet lives marked by godliness and dignity. Next verse. This is good and pleases God our Savior. Verse 4. Who wants everyone to be saved and to understand the truth. Let's go back to verse 2. Pray this way for kings and all who are in authority so that we can live peaceful and quiet lives marked by godliness and dignity. Let's leave that up here. So we're still talking about prayer, talking about intercession. Talked about the first verse. Talked about pray first. First of all, first importance. Use all these different types of prayer. Be open to pray for everyone at any time, any day, anywhere. But then he emphasizes this in Timothy to pray for the king and all who are in authority 
And because of your prayers, you would live a quiet and peaceable life because you prayed for your leadership. You want me to talk about it? Because I'm going to talk about it. The Bible is an eternal book. That's why the Bible could be written thousands of years ago and still be relevant today. You're thinking, oh, we've, we've gone past all this. Nope. Same issues, same people, same sin, same problems. A little bit nicer clothes, better technology, running water, internet, and smartphones. Still issues. Same issues. Same human beings, same sin, same dysfunction. And this verse and these verses about intercession talk about praying for everyone, but it specifically talks about pray for the king and those who are in authority that you would live a quiet and peaceable life. How fitting for the day we're living in today. You guys think you know what I'm going to say before I say it, but you don't. Pray for the king or the president and all who are in authority that you would live a quiet and peaceable life. Timothy here is being told by Paul that he needs to pray for the king and all who are in authority, not just in government, but anyone in authority because they have a level of leadership over your life, not control, but leadership And your prayers can determine what choices they make, what influences they have around them, and how you live your life when you pray. And it says that when we pray, even if the king and the authorities aren't right, we can still live a life of quiet and peace because we prayed. Come on now, somebody. Now, I want to put a little disclaimer about this, and I'm going to ruffle both feathers, Republican and Democratic, because I'm not either. I'm not a Democrat, and I'm not a Republican. I'm kingdom. And I'm not an American first. I'm a Christian. My loyalties are to Christ and the church, not God bless America. Yes, it's true. You are a Christian before you're an American. And my allegiance is not to America, it's to Jesus. Come on now, somebody. All right. I just wanted to just get the pot started a little bit before we even go there. It says, pray for kings and all who are in authority. At the time... That this was written. The emperor was Nero. Now some of you think Trump's bad. Let me talk for a second. Nero was the emperor of Rome, which ruled the entire known world at the time. Ephesus, where Timothy was, was under the rule of Rome. Every emperor was messed up 
but especially Nero. And Nero hated Christians so much. He was one of the main leaders who would put Christians in a big open arena and have wild animals kill them so they could watch with the gladiators and the arenas. The Christians are the ones who got fed to the wild animals for the entertainment. That's how much he hated Christians. When Rome burned down, he blamed it on Christians so that the Christians would be the ones who were persecuted. Nero was so messed up, he would take Christians and put them in his gardens, hung up with tar on them, and light them on fire to be lamps in his gardens when he had parties. Nero. And Paul tells Timothy, I don't agree with Nero either, Timothy, but pray for the king and all who are in authority that you would live a quiet and peaceable life. Now, did Paul agree with Nero? No. Did Timothy agree with Nero? No, but he realized the only thing that's going to change it is prayer. Now, we got some messed up stuff in this country, but not as messed up as that. And the answer was prayer back then, and the answer is still prayer today. Lest you think that Joe Biden is the worst thing that ever happened to this country, or Donald Trump is the worst thing that happened to this country. No, they're not Nero. And even if they were, you should pray. Let me tell you a fun fact about the election. If Joe Biden gets in, you're going to be okay. If Donald Trump gets in, you're going to be okay. You know why? Because you're going to pray. Now, if you're not praying, I don't got any guarantees for you. But it says if we pray for our leaders, doesn't matter if they're liberal or conservative or Democrat or Republican. If we pray, we can change things. We can. Now, now I want to just say this as we're talking about prayer. Now, what I'm saying is not saying don't raise your voice and vote. Vote and pray. But our faith should be not in our vote but in our prayers. Absolutely vote. Absolutely speak up for what's right. But your faith should be in the prayers. Knowing that God can change things doesn't matter who's in there. You guys want a little bit more of this? Okay, you're interested. You're like, oh, what else is he going to say? <laughs> I got to tell you the truth as your pastor this morning. So we got to pray for all those in authority, no matter if you agree with them or not. So that, notice, so that you would live that way. So that you would live in quiet and peace. And it says in the verses after this, and this is good and pleases God, that we pray like this 
for our leaders and those who are in authority because he wishes that all men would be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth, implying if we don't pray, ain't nobody coming to the knowledge of the truth and getting saved. But we have to pray and intercede for our governing officials, our president, our mayor, our governor. We need to pray. If Paul and Timothy could pray for Nero, you can pray for Donald Trump or Joe Biden. All right, two amens. You can. You can do it. And if you really had faith in it, you would be excited about it because you would know, hey, things can change. Things can move. God can put the right people in the right place at the right time. It is not hopeless and helpless, and we're not going to give up. No, we're going to pray about this. We're going to vote about this. We're going to speak up about this. But we're going to pray about this, and we got faith that God can do something. And for me in my house, it says that if we pray, we can live a life of quiet and peace. Even if the world is being crazy and living in chaos and unrest, my house, if I pray, can be a light in a dark place. My house can be a house of peace. My house can be a house of joy and quietness, even with all this going on around me. Come on, I'm excited about it. Are you hearing me this morning? Let's look at this verse, Proverbs 21, 1, I believe. Look at this says, The king's heart is like a stream of water directed by the Lord. He guides it wherever he pleases. The king's heart is like a stream of water directed by the Lord. He guides it wherever he pleases. Now, some translations say the heart of the king is in the hand of the Lord. And he will guide it whichever way he pleases. But how does he do that? He does it through our prayers. If no one's praying, there is no direction for the Lord to move his heart. And you know, I'm hearing a lot of people criticizing and complaining, but I never hear anybody say, I'm praying for him. Criticism and complaining do nothing to change the circumstance. But I don't hear people say that I'm praying. I'm not on one side or the other because I'm going to give it to you the other way. When President Obama was in office, <laughs> this is fun, isn't it? The same people that are saying, oh, you need to vote for Trump and you need to pray for Trump. When President Obama was in office for eight years, all y'all was complaining and criticizing and not praying either. Let's talk. Let's talk about it. It's on both sides. 
Because some of you are amen in right now because you're like, yeah, Trump, pray for Trump, pray for Trump. And, and, but if it was President Obama or, or, or Biden in here, you would be a little less responsive because you don't agree with them. It didn't say that anywhere in the verse here, whether you agreed with them or whether you were a Democrat or Republican, first of all, I need you to pray for the king or the president and all who are in authority. And let's not be one-sided. We believe the word when it fits our agenda. But when we don't get our way, I'm going to pout about it and complain about it and criticize somebody because they don't have the same political views as me. Either we mean this verse or not. You don't, do you want it? Okay. I know that Obama comment got you all a little riled up. It's true. I don't want to hear about you saying pray for Trump if you didn't say pray for President Obama. No. Whoever gets in in November, we're going to pray. Doesn't mean you agree, but we're going to pray. We're not going to complain. We're not going to criticize. We're going to pray. Because prayer changes things. And the heart of the king is in the hand of the Lord. And he will turn it whichever way he wants to turn it. But he turns it by our prayers. All who are in authority, pray for him. President, mayor, governor, whoever else. We can do it. I'm talking to both sides here. And really, we shouldn't even be thinking in sides in this church. We should be thinking kingdom first, Christian first, together first. You guys receiving what I'm saying? I know it, it should be challenging you right now. Pray for those in authority that you would lead a quiet and peaceful life. But notice he says all who are in authority. Think about some other people that are in authority in your life. Think about this. Um, what about the person who owns your company or your boss or your manager? Yeah. That's a toe I just stepped on. Same principle applies here. It's amazing when stuff happens at your job, and I've heard people before, I never hear the word, I'm praying for them, come out of their mouth. What do you hear? Complaining and criticizing and mad. But I never hear in their comments say, well, I don't agree with them, but I am praying for them. I could go for that. But we, I, I see anger, criticism, complaining, which is doing nothing to help the situation. You aren't helping your boss or your manager or the CEO and you're not helping yourself but if you want things to change you need to pray about it you got to get to the root of the issue and it's in prayer so pray for the king the president and all who are in authority so who else is in authority in your life if you have a boss or manager whoever they are you should pray for them. You want things to change at your job? You should pray for them. Pray for their family. Pray for their health. Pray for their prosperity. And if you can't do that, get a different job. 
Because if you pray for them, things could change for you. <laughs> that you would live a quiet and peaceful life. What about in your home? All her in authority. Mm-mm-mm. Now, the parents in the home, the children should be praying for their parents, and their parents should be praying for their children. Now, I know there's all sorts of different types of families in here. But in the, the, the family of God, in the family that God has set up with is one man and one woman, the man is the head of the home. Can I still say that in 2020? And if you want your home to be right, you should pl- pray for all those who are in authority, which would be your husband. All right, Lisa, at least, I mean, Haas, one person's praying for you in here. The rest of you men, sorry. Lisa's the only person who said amen. There's one person backing up their man in here. I'm quoting the Bible to you. I'm not making this stuff up. Everybody's so sensitive in 2020. i got to put disclaimers. I'm not saying the woman is less than. I'm not saying we just have different roles and different responsibilities. And the man should be the spiritual leader of the home and have authority. Not be the dictator, but have authority. And if you want things to change in your home, pray for all those who are in authority. That you would live in a quiet, come on, don't we want that in our house, and peaceable life. But if you're not praying for your husband, and you're complaining and criticizing your husband, ain't nothing going to change. <laughs> Ooh, aren't you glad you came today? It's the word. All who are in authority. All who are in authority. Pray for all those in authority. And notice when you do it, you will lead a life of quiet, no drama. Your life is not one big train wreck all the time. And you would live at peace, not just externally, but internally. There's peace because you prayed for those who are in authority. Your governing officials, your boss or your manager or the CEO of your company, those who lead in the home, it's a call from God, not a suggestion. We need to pray for our leaders and all those who are in authority. What about spiritual authority? You need to pray for your spiritual leaders. Your pastor. Your life group leaders. The teachers that are in the back teaching your kids. Pray for all who are in authority. Because it affects you. That you would lead a quiet and peaceful life with all godliness and dignity. You guys hear me this morning. So 1 Timothy 2 and verse 2. Let's read that again. Pray this way for the kings and all who are in authority so that we can live peaceful and quiet lives marked by godliness and dignity. Verse 3, 
This is good and pleases God our Savior who wants everyone to be saved and to understand the truth. This happens because we prayed. People come to salvation because we prayed. People come to understand the truth because we prayed. All people, but especially those who are in authority. And it pleases God when we pray for our leaders, especially when we don't agree with them. Because our prayers can change things. So pray for all those who are in authority. I want to get real practical as we close here. Let's look at James 5 and verse 16, I believe. James 5, 16. Did you guys get some today? Confess to one another, therefore, your faults, your slips, your false steps, your offenses, your sins. And pray also for one another that you may be healed and restored to a spiritual tone of mind and heart. The earnest, heartfelt, continued prayer of a righteous man makes tremendous power available, dynamic in its working. But let's leave that verse right here. Notice it says, the prayers of a righteous person can, makes tremendous power available, dynamic in its working. Now, we're still talking about praying for others, intercession. Praying for all people, but praying for those who are in authority. And there's a principle in this verse I want to share with you that says that when you pray, you make tremendous power available. Now, when we're thinking about this, we need to rightly divide the word of God and understand when we pray for others, our prayers can't manipulate them. Our prayers can't force their will. But what our prayers can do is make tremendous power available for them to make the right decision. Make tremendous power available to put the right people and influences around them. Make tremendous power available that God is speaking to them so much that they change their heart, that they change their will, that they go the right direction, but it cannot force people to do that by your prayers. The reason I'm saying that is because a lot of us in here have experienced times when we didn't know as much about prayer, and this is what happened. You prayed for someone you loved and it didn't go the right direction. Let's just say you prayed for, you know, a, a friend or a family member who was addicted, and you prayed, and you prayed, and you prayed, and they still overdosed. And a lot of people are mad at God. Well, God, why didn't this happen? Well, it's because you can't change their will. You can't force them to change. God won't even do that. But what you can do is make tremendous power available that it's easier for them to make the right decision. Yes. 
It's easier for them to change. It's easier for them to get delivered. It's easier for them to get healed. It's easier for them to take advantage of those prayers laid up. But your prayers cannot force someone to make a choice they don't want to make. I'm saying this because I don't want you to get discouraged in your prayers because I know you and I have both prayed for people and it didn't happen. And it looked like, well, God, why didn't you answer their, their prayers? It's because they have their will and they have their own choices. And your prayers can only make power available, but it cannot make them change. Are you hearing what I'm saying this morning? But the encouraging part is, even though that we cannot change their will, and nor should we, because we wouldn't want somebody else doing that to us, God has given us a free will. But what our prayers can do is make tremendous power available to them for whatever they need. I want to tell you two ways that we can do that when we pray for other people. First of all, when you're interceding for other people, how do you make tremendous power available to them? Well, first of all, you need to pray the word. Pray the word. Now, once again, why do we pray the word? Because we can have confidence because it's his will. I don't have to wish and hope and think. I'm like, God, uh, maybe this might happen. No, if I know it's his word, I know it's his will. Like, let's take Brother Les, for example. If I knew Brother Les was sick, which you said you didn't feel good this morning. If I knew he was sick, if I'm going to intercede for him, I can pray the word. Because I know the word is God's will. So when I'm praying about Brother Les, I can say, God, I thank you for Brother Les that he is healed from the top of his head to the soles of his feet. God, I thank you that by your stripes that he is healed. I believe that he is recovering quickly. I believe and start quoting the word. And that's how I can make tremendous power available to Brother Les because I'm praying the word. So when we're interceding for someone and we want to make power available, the first thing we're going to do is pray the word. Of course, you need to know the situation if you're going to pray the word. So if you know the situation, pray the word. If someone is dealing with depression and anxiety, I'm not going to pray over them prosperity scriptures. <laughs> I'm going to pray over him scriptures like the peace of God that passes all understanding would guard your heart and mind by Christ Jesus. That Jesus, you gave us our peace, and I believe that they have your peace right now. I believe that the joy of the Lord is their strength. I believe right now that they're going to put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. I bind any depressing spirit to loose them and let them go, because it is not your will. And I believe the joy of God would come into their life. You got to pray the word. And why can I pray that confidently? Because I know it's his will. So pray the word if you're going to intercede to make power available. But the second one is pray in the Spirit. And I'm going to close with this. If we don't know what to pray for other people, we pray in the Spirit because the Spirit knows what to pray. Let me read a verse to you. Romans 8 and verse 26. Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weakness, for we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit 
himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now, he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is because he makes intercession for the saints according to the, what is that? The will of God. So if we're going to intercede for people, we're going to pray the word and make power available. But when we don't know what to pray, we're going to pray in the Spirit because the Spirit knows what to pray. And when we pray in the Spirit, it says He makes intercession for others according to God's will. And the Holy Spirit wants to pray through us as an intercessor. So this morning, could we get the praise team to come back up here? I want to take a moment to pray. I know it's 1150. But we can't talk about intercession and prayer and not pray. And specifically, I want to pray this morning for what's going on in our region. One of our values as a church is our region is our responsibility. We need to pray about what's going on in our region. And we need to pray for all those who are in authority right now. And we as a church family are going to take authority as his church and pray out the things that need to be prayed for tonight or this morning. And as we pray, I know that God's going to move. As we intercede and we ask and we stand on the behalf of another, God is going to hear our prayers because we're going to pray the word and we're going to pray in the spirit. So could we stand up today? I appreciate you guys being here with us today and listening this morning. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. You guys could just play a little bit as we pray. Can we lift up our hands today? Well, let's start here. It says in the Bible to enter his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. I want everyone to the front, to the back, to lift up your voice to God. With a heart full of faith, with a heart full of thanksgiving. Father, we thank you. We thank you that you hear us when we pray. We thank you that we're not alone today. We're not helpless today. We're not hopeless today. We have the answer living on the inside of us. Father, we thank you that we are a part of your church and we are the hope of the world. We are the city set on the hill that cannot be hidden and that you're going to move and you're going to move in this country and you're going to move in this nation and you're going to move in this region and you're going to move in this world because people are praying. And Father, we lift up this region to you right now in the name of Jesus as a church. And Father, we take authority over any spirit of division, any spirit of strife, any spirit, spirit of hatred, any spirit of anger, and we command it to go in the name of Jesus. We take authority 
over any spirit that has come to harm this country and this nation. We command the spirit of racism to come down. We command the spirit of hatred to come down. We command coronavirus to come down. We command this financial situation to come down. We command anything that is against us to be stopped in the name of Jesus. We thank you. We have authority, not in our own strength, but in the God who can answer prayers and hears prayers. And we're going to pray this morning because we know that you hear us and you're changing things. Your word says that the heart of the king is in the hand of the Lord and he can turn it whichever way he wants to turn it. And Father, we thank you. It's turning for this country. It's turning for this region. It's turning with our mayors. It's turning with our governors. It's turning with our president. It's turning in the name of Jesus. Come on, keep praying with me. Keep praying with me. Come on. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. We pray for those who are in authority right now that we would live a quiet and peaceable life, that we believe that they would come to the saving knowledge of you, that, Father, that they would come to the knowledge of the truth. And we pray for President Trump right now and Vice President Pence, and we pray that they would come to the knowledge of the truth, that, Father God, that you would give them wisdom, that you would give them strength, that any spirit that has come against them, we bind it in the name of Jesus. We help them. We pray right now that the, that the right people would get around them, that the right people would get around them, that the right influences would be around them, that, Father, that they would listen to you and not other people, that they would listen to you and not other people in the name of Jesus. We pray for our mayors. We pray for our governors and all who are in authority. The Father, that they would make the right decisions. Make the right decisions. Make the right decisions. That they would make decisions that help people, not hurt people. That they would make decisions that help unity. That they would make decisions that help those who need the most help that they would protect the people that need the most protection, that they would love the people that need the most love. And we thank you for it today. We thank you for it today. Come on, are you still with me this morning? Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we pray right now as a church for Brianna Taylor's family. We thank you for your peace and your comfort to be upon their family right now. We thank you for your spirit to surround them like a shield. We pray, Father God, that they wouldn't be hopeless today, that you would send your encouragement and strength to them, your peace to them. We pray, Father God, for their family, for your help, your encouragement, your strength to them right now in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Father, we pray for any governing officials that the right people would get in and the wrong people would get out. Whoever needs to be changed, it doesn't matter what political party they are. If they need to go, they need to go in Jesus' name and put the right people in the right place in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We pray for peace over the city of Louisville. We pray for peace 
over the city of Louisville. We speak peace as your people over the city of Louisville and over this region. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. And Father, we pray for right now all those in authority. We, we pray for not just the governing officials, but we, we pray for the police officers in this region and the firefighters and, and anyone who's involved in that type of work. Father, we pray for protection for them. We pray for wisdom for them. We pray, Father God, that they would do the right thing at the right time in the right place, that you would give them wisdom on how to handle situations better. That, Father, we pray for protection for them and for their families. Help them today. Strengthen them today. And, Father, we pray just like we did for the governing officials, if the wrong ones need to go, they need to go and get the right people in who have the heart of God and who have the heart of other people. Father, we thank you for it. We thank you for it. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You guys still here today? Stay with me just a little bit longer. I know we're praying, but our prayers are changing things. Our prayers are moving things. We're interceding on the behalf of another. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Just for a few more minutes, just I want you to lift your hands up high, and we're going to pray in the Spirit as a church family. Father, the Word says, if we don't know everything what to pray, that your Spirit intercedes through us and prays out the perfect will of God. Father, we thank you. We have a partner in prayer today. We're not alone. The great Holy Spirit lives on the inside of us and takes hold together with us to give us the right words to pray out. And we pray right now that your will would be done on earth as it is in heaven. And Father, we're going to pray in the Spirit right now and pray out whatever needs to happen in this region. In Jesus' name. Shina masukora mana makara bakara basitite. 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 Shina masukora mana makara basitite. Shina masukora mana makara basitite. Shina masukora mana basitite. Shina masukora mana makara basitite. Shina masukora mana makara basitite. Shina masukora mana makara bapapa sitte. Shina masukora mana makara basitte. Shina masukora mana makara bapapa. Shina masukora mana matatte. Shina masukora mana makara bapapa. Come on, just pray that out. The word says out of your spirit will flow rivers of living water. Will flow rivers of living water out of your spirit. Shina masukora mana makara basitte. Shina masukora mana makara bapapa sitte. Shina masukora mana makara bakara basitte. 
just like when the prophet said he sent his servant out and he said they've surrounded us and he said no go look again and in the spirit realm it was revealed to him that greater were those that were with the man of God than that those that had surrounded them and father we just pray right now Lord that you'd send your mighty host of angels to push back the darkness that's come against our city in this region we believe for your angels now father we ask in the name of Jesus to come and push back the bar darkness has come against our city in this region right now in the name of Jesus you said that name that name when it's lifted up above all other names above all other names above all other names that you would respond because of the power that's in that name that name that name that name Jesus father we ask in the name of Jesus that your mighty host of angels now would come to our city our region and push back the darkness in Jesus name in Jesus name it said that every knee shall bow and every tongue confess the name of Jesus not a politician not any other group or source or anything but the name of Jesus and we thank you, Father, that these forces have to bow that have come to cause disruption and harm and everything else have to bow to the name of Jesus now. And we thank you for your angels that are surrounding us that we know by the Spirit are greater than any other forces come against this region. In Jesus' name, Father, we thank you for your angelic hosts. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Let's praise him for that. Thank you, Father. Thank you for the power in the name of Jesus. The name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for uh, the election in November, Father, that there would be the right people would get in to office, not just the president, but in any position of authority. And that, Father, that it would be a peaceful thing. That, Father, our country would come together 
in a new way in Jesus' name. And for as us in our house, we're going to lead a life of quiet and peace and godliness and dignity because we prayed and you moved in our life but also in our country. Father, we know the issues that our country has. And Father, we repent for the areas we've been wrong. But we thank you, your word says that when we repent and we change, the times of refreshing would come. Thank you, Father. At your word says that times of <coughs> refreshing would come from the presence of the Lord. That when we repent, then revival comes. And Father, we're standing in the gap right now for this region, for our country, and we're saying, God, we're wrong, and we repent.
and we're going to change. And we're going to pray. And we're asking that you withhold judgment. Asking for mercy and your grace. Thank you, Well, we're going to pray and dismiss, but we'll let the band keep playing a little bit as we're dismissed. If you just want to sit in the presence of God and pray a little bit longer. Father, we thank you for helping us today. Thank you for praying through us. Father, we thank you for hearing us when we pray. We thank you for giving us the ability to intercede for other people. 
I thank you that things are changing for the better. Things are changing for the better. Thank you, I dismiss your people as they go in the presence of God. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Father. You guys can continue.